Welcome to Game Brain, a board game podcast about our gaming group. I'm your host, Tom Donnelly, and I am here with somebody that we have not had on the pod for a while, but is an esteemed member of our Game Brain team. The one, the only, the erudite one, the professor himself, <laughs> Elder. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. Good to, good, good to be here. How you doing, you, Tom? Binge doing well. gamer, baby. <laughs> yes. Oh, and what we're going to be talking about today is like we're we're just going to give you guys a first look at a game that may be at the at the top of our hype list for this for this year. I think kind of like some years you 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 hear the the reports out of Essen and you kind of know what the game is going to be, right? Like I think when um, Barrage came out, I think yeah. everybody knew it's like okay, that's probably going to be our game. Mm-hmm. Other years, you don't have any idea. It's like, is it to let them? I remember Manny and I had an argument about whether we should even order to let them because we were getting a little tired of the tea games and they weren't really popping for us anymore. Um, I, re- I remember the year that uh, had things like Crystal Palace and Pipeline mm. and that sort of stuff. Tough year. Actually, that was a good year in that there were a lot of games we ended up really, really liking. But picking that one, finding the one that, that's really going to sing to you, well, this year... Ladies and gentlemen, we believe that game might be Nucleum. Is that by saying that right? Yes, Nucleum, I think. Nucleum. Yes. Uh, and thankfully, Elder got his hands on a copy. My copy is arriving on Monday. Mm-hmm. Elder got his hands on a little uh, little early copy that was uh, hand-mulled back from Germany. Yep. and uh, was kind enough to give uh, give three other people a teach of it. And I made fun of you for the teach, but it was actually <laughs> a really good it was actually a really good teach. Not I mean, it, what do you think? It, it's not the most complex game to teach actually. It's no. it's not super rule dense, but it's tricky. Yeah. It's, there's a, there's a couple of little tricky things to it. But um again, if you're familiar with these these types of games, and again, what people are calling it, if you if you like Barrage and you like um, Brass, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, which I, I can see how people are saying that as a, as a comparison, like that's the closest, like, you know, again, when you're pitching like a movie or something, right? Or a concept is like, it's like the, the, uh, the, the what do they call that? Yeah. The, um, the match, you yes, know, yes, it's yes, like yes, yes. you know, it's like uh, you know. Well, it does have some, it does have some brass like things to it, it, even though it's not exactly that. That's mm-hmm. the thing. I, that's the thing I like the most about it. Yeah, is that they're actually doing some uh, new stuff. Yeah, they're doing some new things that I haven't seen before, which is right. really really interesting. Yeah, but before we get to that, yeah, let's just talk about what we've been playing in general. Haven't had you on the pod for a little while. Yeah. What do you What have you been playing a lot of lately? What are you What are you excited about? I know we're we're coming out of the doldrums of nothing's being released because we're waiting for 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 Essen. But nonetheless, you play a lot of games. You binge a lot of games. What 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 has been What has been taking up your time? Well, I, I've continued to binge when I can get it to the table, and it's happened here uh, at game night a few times. Wayfarers of the South Tigers. You love that series. I love, that game. Just, I love the series, and I love that that game. Well, you, you told me that you thought that that was the best of the that was the pinnacle of the design of the series. Yeah, yeah, and I've and I've played the um, the new one on, and, and I, I again I got to just give another shout out to Tabletop Simulator. I love. I love TTS. I, again, I much prefer uh, playing, you know, a physical copy with real people being outside 
being outside. That should be like a hashtag, right? Like being outside gaming <laughs> or something like that. Um, being, you know, being back out with people. Um, but I, what I, I think maybe my favorite part about TTS is the opportunity to play new games before. And, and that like actually helps me determine like what, if I actually want the physical copy or not, you know, right. if I can play it on there first. Um, so again, I know, I know it, there, there's, you know, still some debate about, you know, whether I know some publishers don't like it. Um, I know we've talked about it before. I, I, I only see the upside of it. I, I think giving people a chance to play and, and, and I think it's great for play to, if you do it properly, it seems like from a publisher standpoint, um, being able to get the data, being able to get the feedback from play testers online and being able to take that data just seems really valuable to me. Oh, as a play testing tool, I, I, I don't know who, like, I, I know publishers are arguing about kind of letting people just play it there all they want. Yeah. But I don't know. Are, are some, some of them even saying not even as a play test tool, we don't want to do it. I guess. Cause once it's out, it's out. Yeah. I, I just don't, I don't, I don't get that, that, that thinking. I just think it's kind of like an old, you know, way of thinking. I think having people talk about, your game online, whatever they're whatever they're saying is is marketing for the game, and again, giving people that experience well, to play it before. Just I only see upside to it. Yeah, I mean, it, it it is one of those like I can kind of understand it a little bit. There was a time when a movie that I wrote was the top um, torrented thing. It was like the number mm. number one torrent at, okay. the, at the time. Okay, and I had that feeling of oh. Why are you stealing this? Like mm-hmm. I need to put I need to put I need to put uh, some food on the table. Why are you doing that? Yeah. And then somebody said it's okay. It's it's you know the number of streams actually correlates to sales. It's mm-hmm. it's the the higher that gets, the higher sales get. Not that people are necessarily streaming and then buying, but that they're they're evangelizing it. They're talking yeah. about it, and they're and it actually will increase sales. And to some extent, the people that are streaming might not be people that would ever buy no matter what. Right. And at least the conversation is out there. Right. Nonetheless, as a person that tries to make a living putting out creative content, yeah. the, the feel of somebody doing it for free and not, not paying into that system at all, it hurts. I get it. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I get it. But yeah. the, the pragmatic answer is that, no, it's, it's a net win for, for your game and for, the, and for the hobby, and especially in the playtesting. I mean, yeah. the, the difficulty of, I mean, just Candace uh, with uh, Stage Left, uh, mm-hmm. you know, printing out those, that physical playtest copy, lugging it around, mm-hmm. you know, convincing people, or in our cases, blackmailing people into playing it with their... <laughs> Um, it is just one of those things. It's like, a, it's a real arduous task. Whereas if, if you can design it in tabletop simulator, oh my God, it's, it's anybody can play it at any time across the world, give you feedback. It's fantastic. Yeah. Right. Yep. yep. But you were, uh, I'm kind of interrupting because you were saying that you were playing the new, um, the, from, from, uh, is it Gar, is it Garpill games? The the guys who make the um, Tigris and and uh, yeah, Wayfarers the, the, yeah, and et cetera, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um I hope I'm saying that right. Um but we I guess we can check it. You got your computer there. I'm gonna look it up. Uh Ezra and Namira, I think I'm saying that right. I'm about to tell you. Um it is uh, yeah, Garfield Games is the is the publisher. Yeah. Yep. 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 So yeah, Ezra and this this is their new game that's outside of the Tigris uh, or or the 
east, west, north, those so, different So not series. fitting within, the, within no. that canon? No, no. What is this, it? This is a historical theme. The board game is, is about this uh, real period in time uh, in, in Jewish history and the culture where the walls of this particular area were uh, broken down. And like, so what you're doing in the game is you're building these walls back up. That's one of the main things. That this you're is doing. the rebuilding of the walls of Jerusalem? I believe so, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's I, it's it's crazy interesting. Uh, yeah, yeah. Standing in the gap. The Sunday school teacher in me mm-hmm. uh, 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 likes the the idea of that. I haven't seen a game about that yet. So, yeah. you know, it's basically during the time of the prophet Ezekiel. Yeah. Uh, there, there it was a diaspora where various, you know, this particular part of the world was invaded by every major empire yeah. because there were tons of them, right? The Assyrians and the Babylonians yep. and the Egyptians, they all came through the one little fertile part of the land and took <laughs> everything over. And then they realized, oh, the people here are pretty smart and pretty clever and good artisans and scholars and all that sort of stuff. We're going to take them home and they're going to teach us some teach us some things. So that's the Jewish diaspora. That's what the the Old Testament is just full of stories of that. Yeah. And Ezekiel's story is that uh, is that what happens when they come back? When mm-hmm. they come back and they see that the walls of their city are in ruins and are apart, and because of that, the people are terrified because there are bandits that are constantly coming in and raiding them and stealing mm-hmm. everything that they have. And every time they start to get back on their feet, they get knocked back down again. Yeah. And uh, it was kind of a charge from God, Ezekiel is the prophet, that said, no, we're, we're, we're going to do this. We're going to rebuild. We're going to do everything we need to do. And in fact, got a little help from uh, Cyrus, uh, the the, uh, the 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 leader of Turkey at the time, uh, to to come in and uh, and and help them restore their their the balance and restore their kingdom. And, uh, kind of a fascinating period. Yeah. So is it a, is it a defense game? It's not. It's not. It's 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 a rebuilding game. Um, that's a, a a big part of the game. There's a couple different different things that you're doing. You're um, it's a. It's actually a little bit like one of their other games. I believe it's uh, Viscounts of the West Kingdom. Viscounts, yeah, yeah, yeah Viscounts. Um, where you know how they have the little card tableau where you're playing the cards yep. and you're getting actions and the sequence matters. Um, it's kind of like an evolution of that mechanic. It's again, it's huh. three cards. Um, there's this little on on each one of the cards. There's this little um, like pendant on the top. There's like three different colors. And each color represents um, uh, a different action. So one of them, one of the colors is like red, gray, and like blue. So one of the colors you're building up the walls. One of the colors you're, um, I guess you're teaching the Torah, maybe. And you're so you're putting sure. uh, putting your your marker there, and you're moving up this kind of like ladder, I guess, of knowledge. You want to say, um, and then the other one is kind of like building this temple up with materials. Um, and so, and, and it's also a little like, uh, it's also been, um, uh, compared a little to, um, uh, cause it's also historical rebuilding game. The one from, uh, my other guy, I like, uh, Lacerda, uh, where you're building, you're building that city back up, uh, which someone called Lisboa, Lisboa. Yeah. So it's kind of like that because you're, so the walls have been knocked down. So you're taking, uh, you're using like wood and marble and gold are the resources. And then there's also um, burnt wood that you can use also. Oh, interesting. Right. Which is not a, it's not a premium resource, but you can use it. You can use it in the altar to like to, to sure, burn. For the burnt sacrifices. Yeah. For the yeah, burnt yeah, sacrifices. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Yeah. So you can, you can put that to use. Um, 
Uh, somebody really knows their their Bible and was really fascinated by this period yeah. and wanted to gamify it. That's- yeah, and and they did it. They did a really good job of it. Like it's very again, it's away from those you know the other series, uh-huh. and it's kind of its own thing. But uses um, uses but, some but similar uses mechanisms. That, uses some similar mechanisms. Again, none of that iconography from those other games is there. Sure. So it's a new set of iconography. Um, but I yeah, I didn't think I was. You know, I, I thought I might enjoy it just because it was those guys and I liked their game so much. Mm. Um, but I thought, uh, yeah, the, the theme doesn't really do much for me just because, yeah, again, I like sci-fi and, and fantasy and, and most of my games. Um, but, yeah, it was it's really fun and interesting. And, I, and again, it's like one of those things where it's it's not even it's not even a Kickstarter yet. Right. right, right. Like they're, just, they're just tooling around and just, getting it set. Yeah. But it's a it's a really mostly finished game i would say it's like a good 99 five percent there you could see there's even on one play you could see there's some kind of obvious things that they're going to need to tweak that i'm pretty sure but they're very active on their discord with their community and they're taking all the feedback in like they do on all their games i just think they're doing i mean it's just another aspect of their business i think they're doing really well great what's the title of that uh it's ezra and namir i think is the name okay. of the game okay. so it's yeah so there's there's you know multiple historical figures like yep. these cards i think represent them and there's also like one more thing i want to say about it there's also this cool mechanic where when you when you play these cards on your tableau at the bottom there's a uh, a market action like a auxiliary market action where you can like you know, trade resources in for money or you can trade food in for something else that you need. And so that's another big, but you got to do it right then. It's not like you could do it on your next turn. Right. It's like when I play this card, I got to think about what's the action I want to do that's going to advance my game, but also like what's the market action I could take to get the thing for the next like couple of rounds I want to do. So it's, it's really cool. I recommend it. Interesting. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna to have to check that out when that comes out. I mean, yeah. uh, you know, I, I don't have a lot of uh, biblical games, but yeah. uh, you know, it's kind of an underserved market to some degree, and there are a lot of there are a lot of people that are people of faith of of many different faiths that are big time gamers, right? Yeah. Uh, board gamers in particular. <laughs> So that might be a, that might be a market to expand into. Interesting, interesting. Yeah. Well, speaking of science fiction, I got a chance uh, a little while ago to play uh, Star Trek Discovery mm. Black Alert uh, with Candace and uh, Matt Number Three, her Matt and mm-hmm. uh, and Paul. It's an interesting little either two player or four player game. I think it probably shines at, shines at four player. I think it probably plays great at both. Um, and the idea is, uh, so Black Alert is a reference to a Discovery episode where they discover that mirror universe of, mm. uh, you know, from my favorite episode of the original Star Trek series, Mirror, Mirror. I think it was like, mm-hmm. the, like the third or fourth episode of the second season. Um, the, you know, the one where all the bad guys have the goatees. Yeah. <laughs> you know the fascist Kirk and all that sort of right, stuff, right, and right. I was like, "Oh, I, I, I dig this. This is fun." And it it let every, it let them all kind of let their hair down and yeah. play and play baddies, and it, it was it was kind of fun. I really like that episode. Uh, so in this case, uh, one if it's two play two player, one player plays the Terrans who are the bad guys, and one player plays the uh, the, the the Discovery, the Star Trek Discovery. Uh, you know the federation. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it's four player, it's two versus two. Yeah. Um, and you're different uh, crewmen on your on your ship. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
it's kind of interesting. I, I, I really quite liked it in that it is very PvP. It's very player versus player hmm. um, where what what I'm trying to do as a federation, so Matt and I play the federation, which mm-hmm. was weird because we were the only ones with the goatees, but mm. evidently in this new iteration, they, they the times have evolved in the mirror universe and they no longer have the goatees mm. uh, as a signifier, which I think is a shame because I yeah. think that was a really really good signifier um but we were we were the federation and our job is to get out of there Mm. and so what we need to do is we need to complete like three missions um which is getting the uh scientific knowledge necessary to be able to reverse engineer the wormhole that we came through or something along Mm. those lines and get out of there so we have objective cards and those objective cards have a location that we have to go to and resources that we have to trade in in order to fulfill that uh, that objective. Meanwhile, their job is to hunt us down and destroy us, including things like beaming aboard our ship and sabotaging things and and uh, doing all kinds of bad things, sending their fleets out to damage uh, damage our ship and to destroy us. And the interesting thing is that the map is it's a, it's a series of hex, hexagons that you place down. Mm-hmm. So the map's different every time. Okay. Um, but the map has these routes on them, and they're, they're wormhole routes. Hmm. So while the Terrans are moving from hex to hex, and they have hex-based movement, we, the Federation, are moving via these, we're tracing these routes. And sometimes the wormhole route just goes to the next tile. And there's a little node there that means stop there. Sometimes you can go two, three, four hexes in a weird direction until you hit that until you hit that next nexus point and stop there. So, so you guys are in your in your ship, yes. And these and the other guys are they're in their on, ship. They're in their ship. The the Ter- oh the Terrans are in their, their own ship. Yes. Okay. And they also have they also have NPC ships. They have like two. They st- I start with in our scenario anyway. They mm. start with two NPC ships that they can also move sometimes. Okay, but you can also go on land as well. Nope. Can both play? Oh, okay. Nope. It's there's only, no land. It's only it's only ship stuff. Okay. It's only ship stuff. Okay, got it. Um. So yeah, yeah. So so there they start on one side of the map. We start on the other side of the map. Mm-hmm. We know what three locations we have to get to. Okay. We know we're going to have to gain some resources, and there and some of the places if you stop there, you can gain those resources. You know, it, it's a little Battlestar, Battlestar Galactica in that. Okay, my character is going to move to the transportation or uh, to to the transporter room, or um, they're they going to go to the weapons bay, or they're going to go to the cargo bay, and you can take the actions that you're you're allowed to take there. You have a hand of cards, uh, I think something like four cards, and you're able to play those cards. You're also playing those cards in challenges. Us versus the the other guys. It's like, oh, they're firing uh, some sort of weapon at us. Well, each one of us can play one of our cards in defense. If one of us is in the weapons bay, they can play as many cards from their hand mm. as they want for defense. We total up the the values. We add one random on each side, and whoever wins wins, and so on and so forth. So, very Battlestar Galactica in a in a, in a really simple way, uh, but kind of cool. The thing that I uh, yeah so. It was neat. It was interesting because there was a lot of brinksmanship. I like I like two versus two in terms of a, a, a you know it was kind of a, a partnership kind of we can't tell each other the exact makeup of our hands but we can work together. <clears throat> Matt and I worked much better together than Candace and Paul did. Okay, 
And we won because <laughs> we work together. Okay? And I'm not gonna cast I'm not gonna say that Candace and Paul didn't try. Mm-hmm. One of them tried. I'm not gonna say who it was, but one of them tried to work together. And uh but you know, you 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 can't row a boat straight with one oar. That's just how it goes. Uh, had a really fun time playing it. And I think for me, the thing that really pushed it over the top, because all of the mechanics are, are kind of simple, but good. I, I mm-hmm. like the game. I like the, the idea of the game and the design of the game. Yeah. But the fact that I'm looking at two different maps mm-hmm. was kind of fascinating. Mm. One player has is three hexes away, but the way our side moves is very chaotic and very variable and yet completely predictable because you can look down there and you can see, oh, well, they're at this nexus point and they can either travel this, they can travel, they have three directions or four directions that they can travel on these nodes and here's where they can go. But what if they play a card that allows them to skip a node? How far can they get then? Oh my God, they can get almost all the way to the other side of the the map. Mm -hmm. It was kind of fascinating. Um, Yeah, yeah, I would like to- Did you guys LARP it? Oh, uh, I uh, yeah, of, 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 <laughs> of course. course, of course you did. Which uh, so the first thing they say. So I come in to Candace's home, and the first thing she says is, "Paul and I are going to play the Terrans." Like not even hello, right, right. right. Paul and I are going to play the Terrans. I'm like, uh, excuse me, hang on a second. First of all, why are the teams already decided? Second of all, why do you get to play the sniveling bad guys? And then the third thing is, is, is what do you have against your, your, your boyfriend? Why do I have to play with him? <laughs> and finally we decided, okay, what we'll do is we'll do the, we'll do the random draw and all that sort of stuff. And, and sure enough, she and Paula got to play the Terrans. Yeah. Um, and LARPing as, as the Federation, it's just very vanilla LARPing. Yeah. It's just very, you know, it's just best behavior, nice, and, you know, I could have done some real snidely whiplash stuff on the other side, but uh, you know, and, and and they weren't doing it. They weren't. They weren't. Mm. They weren't giving it to me. They weren't. I wanted to. I wanted to hear it. I wanted yeah. to. Uh. But uh, yeah, we had we had fun doing it. It was a good. It was a good game. I mean, I, I'm surprised I haven't heard more about it because mm. you know, as far as listen, licensed games ha- uh, run the gamut from being absolutely horrible money grabs to actually being a, a pretty decent approximation of the material and this was a pretty good approximation of the material i quite liked it cool anything else that you've been playing lately that's on your uh, that's on your, on your brain yeah another thing i've been binging is um uh marrakesh uh one of the new city games from from feld's uh new city collection yep um, yep and i uh, is this a redo of bruges or it's not a redo it's an it's oh, this is the original, original design one. Got, yeah. It, got it yeah um so with this one, um, you have these little um, octagon resources. There's 12 different colors. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the game, they're called Keshis. And um, basically what you're doing, you have this player board, and you're collecting these Keshis to put in these different sections on the board. Um, and as you put more of a color in a certain section – when you take that action with your worker, it becomes more powerful. So on okay. each one of your turns, you're like deciding: do I want to do I want to take this turn and make my power uh, my action more powerful next time, 
or do I want to take it now? And how can I maximize that? Um, so yeah, it's good. I, I mean, I have at least as many plays because that's been on TTS too. So I was able to play that before, um, well, before like months ago, before the physical copies uh, came out. Um, so I probably got about a good, I would say maybe 10, 15 plays of that game in. And I've been playing it quite a bit lately, like since the physical copies came. Um, and there's some like little expansion modules to it. Um, it's good. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to say like Feld is bad. Like, you know, Feld, you know, for, when I first got into the hobby, what, like, I don't know, 20, 20 or so years ago, we came in at pretty close the to same the same time. time. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was, it was Kinesia yeah. was my guy. Sure. Like a lot of people. Um, then, um, then it became Feld and Feld was the guy for like a while. Uh, and then Lacerda, um, and now it's the, it's the mad Italian. No love for Rosenberg. Interesting. No, I, I mean, I, I like Rosenberg, you know, two of my favorite games are Rosenberg, the glass. I know. And, 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 and Aura. Aura but you know, again, I missed, I missed the Agricola. I mean, people were just dug in too deep by the time I, I was around when it came out, yeah, but yeah. it was just like, I, I can't play with these fucking fanatics you know like these <laughs> these these greek cold is like the i mean the t-shirts and everything i was like i can't hang with that and i and I never really liked that too much and then you know a couple of the other games i didn't really like so much but you know it, it's funny it's like aura and glass road are the are the kind of almost like ugly ugly stepchildren of his well they're they're <laughs> of, i think they're both really highly respected games uh, but they don't really get the, the they, they don't get the plays mm-hmm. Like I, I've never heard somebody say a bad thing about Glass Road. No, never. a lot of people don't like it. A lot of people don't like it. Really? Yeah, a lot of people are like, no, I don't like. They they just don't like the little wheel, and and they just yeah, they're just not into it. I mean, I like I like them both so much. I think yeah. they're 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 really fantastic. And uh, you know, when you brought that back out and said let's review Aura, I was yeah. like, okay. And then I play it. And I'm like, oh. You know, it's like that ex-girlfriend that you see and you're like, oh my God, why did we ever break up? Yeah, this why is, did I stop smashing that? You're so awesome. <laughs> you're so pretty <laughs> and you're so smart. I yeah. St- I still I still have this fantasy about designing a um an an African Yoruba themed expansion for that game. Oh, that'd be great, dude. With like Arisha Gods. Like I thought it would be so cool. Oh, I think that'd be amazing. Yeah, I, I, love be amazing. I love that game system so good. But um, but yeah, but now it's the it's the Mad Italians that are my favorite designers. Sure, and um, you know, again, Nucleum is another example of that. Like, if it wasn't already clearly established uh, that that they're the guys, they know now. what they're doing. They know what they're doing. Yeah. Um, for me, I guess Feld is is a little more hit and miss. Mm-hmm. You know. Like starting out of the gate, I mean, Castles of Burgundy. I mean, how you, how do you, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I guess to me, to some extent, he's never quite equaled that. Mm. Like that's the that just to just completely knock it out of the park, real early days, and you know, and then kind of be chasing that the, the whole. You know, he had that period where it, it felt a lot of. Been there, done that. A lot of same same Z's was yeah. coming out for for a little while. Probably wasn't that long a period either. Yeah, because I really like games. I really like games like Trajan and and things like that. I found that you know that's actually one of my uh, one of my favorites. You know, we just we just reviewed quite recently Amsterdam, mm-hmm. and uh, which I, I haven't played yet. I find it infuriating. I find it yeah. an infuriating game. It is one of those games where which which one is that the remake of? 
Uh, Macau, Macau. That's oh, what it Macau. Is. Yeah, okay, so right, 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 Macau, not okay. Macau. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and and Macau itself was you know was known as the the, the bruiser in his yeah. in his collection, right? And Amsterdam is is uh, like a tight like okay. So here's the concessions he makes. He's like, well, I made Macau, and people some people really liked it, but uh, some people said that it was just too mean mm. and too rough. So mm. here's what I'm going to do: everybody's player board has a single tiny little space where you can store one good for a future round. Mm. That's it. That's it. You have a storeroom of one. Jesus. <laughs> but guess what? It makes it makes such a big difference. <laughs> so many times in the game, yeah. I was like, oh, my God, thank God I got the one storage. Oh, my God. Oh, mm. oh I, it, this, this round won't be entirely frustrating. It'll only be 90% frustrating. Mm. Um, yeah, it, it's it's just sometimes you feel like, the the fee, it's it's a feeling thing, right? Mm-hmm. I'm playing a game, yeah, and the game is hard. I right. want to do five things, and no matter how hard I try, I'm only going to be able to do two of them, or right. things like that, right? right? And sometimes it feels good to have that kind of you know tension yeah. and all that sort of stuff, yeah. And sometimes I feel like I'm getting mad at the game, yeah. Like why are you why are you making it so hard? Right, and for some reason, with Amsterdam and Macau, it's just you're making it. You're. It's like you're making it hard. No, it doesn't have to be this hard. Why are you doing this? As opposed to other games, where for some reason the design just skips that phase, and it feel somehow it feels fairer, it feels right, and yet you still can't do the things that you want to do. And I'm not sure why one is one and, and the other one is the other, but Feld can sometimes. Uh, be a, be a little bit like that, but yeah, I'm I'm really glad you brought that up because it's actually something I've been that's been on my game brain. Yeah, uh, it's just like yeah, the the experiential quality of games, right? And what what uh, you know the the mechanics uh, or mechanisms of the game uh, translate into in, in terms of an experience, and then how um, you know, like again, like. It, Again, it's it's like game design as an art form, right? Yeah. It's like you know how, you know, like in film, you know, generally people have, you know, it's 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 purely experiential, right? You're not interacting with the film, right? Correct. Well, and so I mean, in your heart, you are, right? But yes, right? Yeah. Um, but you're not playing the film, right? Sure, exactly. And and it's like, um, you know how, it, it, on one hand, you know, uh, some people could have this like really like love it. And then some people can hate it, and it's the same piece of art. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, but then there's also this, like, you know, um, uh, uh, you know, like the Rotten uh, Tomatoes phenomenon or whatever, where many people, like, uh, or, like, a large percentage of people will have the same experience of it. Yeah. Right? And it's like that with games, right? It's like, it's like oh, this game really frustrates me, but it, but it feels so good, that frustration. Versus versus this game, this other game frustrates me, and I and I hate the feel. It's like work, yeah. Right? It's not fun. You yeah. know what I mean? And like it, every game has its own experiential quality, like that. I think. Yeah, and and you wouldn't want a game that isn't frustrating, right? Mm-hmm. Like like ideally, you, like your your best game is a game that is frustrating, but it's yeah. a game that transcends that, right? It's a game that you struggle and you triumph, right? Or well, you struggle and you survive even. I mean, like, diplomacy, you know, like some of those classics, 
I don't feel like I'm triumphing ever. Even when I win that game, I'm mm. not feeling like I'm triumphing. I feel like I survived that mm-hmm. experience. Um, but yeah, sometimes you can you can feel like that. And finding the differences between that and the other game where you struggle and you kind of blame the game, it, it, the, the experiences to an outside observer could seem almost identical. Yeah. But there are subtle differences, right? Some... Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I feel that way a little bit about our friend Vitalicerta. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's yeah. like I play on Mars and it's brilliant. But at right. the same time, I'm like, why is it got to be so hard? Why is right. it every little thing that you do got to be so hard? And why, why are there 17 steps to do this very simple thing yeah. where, you know, in, a, in another game, you know, <laughs> you know, like... What about terraforming Mars? I play the card. Mm-hmm. I build my city. Why can't I do? Why can't I do that? Why do right. I have to do all, all this other stuff? Yeah. And listen, I, I love both of those games. You know, I, I love both of those games. Um, and I, I don't want on Mars to be different now. Right. Uh, but learning it and climbing that and climbing that hill, there are times when I feel that way. You know, and I think Lisboa for me. We, we just mentioned Lisboa. Lisboa for me is one of those games where, to some extent, I hit that wall of frustration a little bit in that yeah. game. I am, I, I am a little bit sometimes when I play that game, totally immersed. And sometimes I play that game and I'm just hitting that wall of, Serta, why you got to do that? Why, why you got to make it so difficult? Yeah. What? <laughs> and, I mean, and with him, it's like there's like a whole another distinct experience just even freaking learning the game and just making sure you got all these mm-hmm. freaking complicated rules together right like uh what well, well, not by factory but um weather machine right yeah like some people couldn't even climb into that one because like again i know like me being you know a lacerta fan mm. it took me a good solid five hard plays before i was i was clear that i had all the rules down it's it's a it's a tricky one. I, right. I've really enjoyed my plays of uh, of Weather Machine, but I haven't been back to it. Mm-hmm. And now I'm worried. Like if I come back to it, is it am I gonna make that climb again? Am I gonna have to take that <laughs> climb again? To what extent am I gonna have to do that? I mean, to some extent, it's nonsensical because I'm always gonna want to play those games. But I do, you know, I, there is a little bit of me that is like, oh god. How does this work again? What am I? What am I doing here? Like, like, and and wait. When I do this, there are four consequences, only two of which I'm aware of now, right. and one of which will still be invisible to me at the end of the game. You know, it's going to take a few more plays. You know, and listen. Guess what? If you're if you're swimming in the deep end of the pool, swim in the deep end of the pool. You know, you, you recognize that that's where you want to be. Uh, but it is one of those things where sometimes these designs can can rub a person the wrong way, even a person that that generally likes that that level. Yeah. When I, I think there's two things. I think when the objective view of what you're trying to do isn't all that complicated, and then the game elements required to do it are intensely complicated. Mm-hmm. That I think is one of the one of the, uh, the 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 trigger points for me yeah which is weird because to some degree that's agricola right agricola is just you know start to build a farm and feed your family yeah and feeding your family is super hard yeah 
right? Why is it so hard to do something so simple? Why do you have to make it so difficult? Um, I think for me, the reason I like that game is because it's like, oh, no, that's what subsistence farming was like before fertilizer. That is legit. That That is a, a, a real window uh, into a an older time and, and the difficulties of just, just living back in that, in that century. Yeah, but I think there's a real difference between, you know, the two designers and that, like, yeah, you know, the uh, the Rosenberg games are definitely on the you know the, the the higher end of like more more complex than you know your average game probably yeah. right yeah um, but I think Lacerda swings so far in terms of again just the the mechanisms and the rules yeah that it starts to become inaccessible for you know your 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 average gamer I think and I, and I and again I think it's um, it's just difficult to get his games to the table unless you have that you're in that, I think, smaller niche of people that really just get off on on super complex games. You know? Yeah. I mean, of course, we should point out that this very weekend yeah. I'm at GMT headquarters. Mm. Um, Mike Kananak and Candace are up there playing games with the GMT people. They're yeah. having a little a little mini convention there. And they would look at our complaints about how complicated the Serta <laughs> is, and they would laugh and laugh and laugh because, you know, they're playing games like Here I Stand, where seven players each play their own kind of mini game with their own set of rules <laughs> that are almost entirely divorced from everybody else's rules of the game and right. just incredibly complicated stuff. Yeah. So I guess it's all just a matter of perspective. Yeah. Mm, interesting. So, but but Marrakesh, you're you're digging it. Yeah, I'm I'm digging it. I I think I've actually got enough plays now where there's a. Um, so again, like like a lot of his games, each one of these sections, it's kind of like its own little mini game. Yeah, and um, that was very Trajan. Trajan is, is right. a super mini game game. Right, so it's, it has that kind of flavor to it, mm-hmm. and there's one mini game that, and again, people are, I don't think I'm spoiling this for people. Actually, Jennifer uh, Schlickburn, you know, a friend of the the, the podcast, mm-hmm. um, pointed this out to me. She said there's a thread that said that, that so there's one uh, thing that's technologies. There's the gray cashies area. Mm-hmm. Um, you can go and get these techs, right? So you uh, you know the the, the base ones. You only need like one, and it just gives you like a little, little something, an extra cashy or, or something like that. Right. Um, some of these technologies give you on ongoing benefits, and there's basically four levels of them, right? Right. Um, and uh, basically, the thread is saying if you f- if you focus on the text, if basically you win on the text, you're going to win the game every time. So oh. so. You know, you could look at that and you could say, well, that's broken. There's only there's only one path of victory. You can't right. beat the, the, the tech player. But I don't I don't agree with that, at least at this point. Maybe, you know, in another 20 plays, maybe maybe I, my thing might change. But I think and, and there's when we get to it, when we get to talking about Nucleum, I think there's a similar thing there that I've uh, it was probably very apparent to you in our play last night um, of something that you can't ignore in the game. And and what that what that and so like in Marrakesh you can't ignore the technologies you just can't you can right. and you definitely can't let somebody run away with the technologies because if that happens then yeah you're you, that person's gonna win yeah I mean there's a big difference between the game is broken because there's one strategy that always wins mm-hmm. 
and another statement, which is you cannot ignore this part. Of, you must be competitive in this field of the game, and then the game will be decided based on all of the other factors that go into it. Th- those exactly. are two different statements, right. right? Exactly. I mean, that's, you know, listen, the, plat- the platonic ideal of a game would be you can do you can play it 20 different ways and any of them are valid but the reality is is that in a lot of these games it's like no the game is designed to some degree teching up is part of the game and if you ignore that part of the game and you know and expect to do well eh, maybe not maybe maybe this game isn't for you maybe that doesn't quite match or and or the the um you know again a lot of times we talk about the level of 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 interactivity in the game, mm-hmm. right? And you can argue there's not a lot. Um, there's a lot of heads down play where you're, you're focused on on your board. There is a drafting mechanic with the Keshis. Okay. Um, so that part is is definitely, you know, somewhat interactive um, because, yeah, every time I played the game, you'll hear something like, oh, man, I wanted to take that and you took it before, you know. Sure. I, so there's that level of it. But there's also interactivity in that, if you if you're aware of this thing in the game, and um, you know if if all the other players are playing a four player game and three players let one player just run away with that part of the game, yeah, then that's not good. You know, like that person's going to win. So you like yeah. everybody at the table has got to be like, hey, we all got to be fighting for this element of the game that we know is really critical to winning. Which actually I think is is probably part and parcel of a lot of Steffenfeld's design philosophy, right? Because a lot of his philosophy is the mini games and is, well, even in castles of Burgundy, it's, well, are you, are you focusing on the, the buildings? Are you focusing on the animals? Are you focusing on the ships? There's like a lot of different ways you can go. And if only one person is focusing on one element uh, sometimes that can reveal a very lopsided score. I mean, to some degree, you have to kind of self-police and 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 compete in almost every area. You don't have to compete in every single area, but you have to make sure that no one else has got a free ride. Yeah. Right? Yep. That, that's kind of a, a little part of the self-balancing of, of design based on play and paying attention to what other people are doing, yep. which I wouldn't change, you know, because what you said about this game being a little heads down, I don't like heads down. I, mm-hmm. I, I, I want a game to force me to watch what my opponents are doing and to adjust to, to, to their designs and their plans and to foil their plans. Right. That's, that's for me, like I might as well play on tabletop simulator against an AI. If if I'm not, if I'm not doing that to some degree. Interesting. Interesting. All right. Um, Let's get to it, man. We've been waiting long enough. So uh, yeah, we played last night. Nucleum. Nucleum. Nucleum? Nucleum. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's the way. I think it's a, it's a play off the word nuclear, right? Well, it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, I'm not sure if it's... It's it's either nucleum, nucleum, or nucleum. Right. And all of those could potentially be valid. Yeah. Uh, this is a game by uh, those crazy Italians, Simone Luciani and David Turksey. Mm-hmm. I mean... Man, talk about talk about a run of many years now, where they are just knocking out of the park. Uh, Publisher in the U.S. is uh, Board and Dice, I believe, yep. and just came out twenty twenty three. We got a we got a copy that was hand muled in from uh, from Germany. Mm-hmm. Uh, people that have ordered this uh, uh, abroad or ordered from Board and Dice directly, um, 
are getting copies right now. My copy comes in Monday, as I said. Mm-hmm. Uh, it plays one to four players. It says 60 to 150 minutes, and uh, it lies at about... <laughs> that is about the correct percentage lie that <laughs> these playtimes always lie. Yeah. No, it is not that long. It is lo- It is a longer game than that. Yeah. Um, now, maybe when you get good at it, maybe well, we were talking about that last yeah. night. We are talking about that. It'll oh, get you snappier, yeah. I think it kind of could get snappier because the yeah. turns aren't that complicated, but the decision space to take your turn mm-hmm. is something fierce. Yeah. So basically, very simply, what the game is, is the game is kind of steampunky in the sense that we are envisioning a world in which the discovery of nuclear power happens a uh, hundred some odd years. It happens during the Industrial Revolution. That we have gone from coal directly to nuclear. And in the game, we start off with one nuclear power plant and no ability to power it yet. Uh, and a bunch of coal firing plants and coal, uh, coal tr- uh, trains, I guess, you would say, that exist on this map. Uh, the map has got a bunch of cities that have rails that have not been built to connect them. And there are a few small buildings that are peppered throughout. And over the course of the game, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be building up these, we're going to be populating the board with buildings. We're going to be populating the board with rail lines. We're going to be populating the, the world with mines. We are going to be turning more coal firing plants into nucleums, nuclear-powered plants. And we are going to be taking these buildings that we are putting into these cities and we're going to be powering them up. Would you say that is a fairly good summary, thematic summary of the game? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So tell us mechanically how the game works in the super broad strokes. Um, Realizing, let's let's just give the caveat right here. Uh, sorry to interrupt. Yeah, uh, this is a first look. This is not a review. Yeah, we are gonna be playing the heck out of this, and we will come back with a full review in a little bit. Yeah. So think of this as a taster and sort of a first impressions thing. Now, Elder, how many times have you played this? Do you think? I th- I think last night was my seventh or eighth play. Seventh or eighth. Okay, yeah. so maybe not quite so first look for Elder. Well, it was my first play. Yeah. It was my first play. Yeah, and everybody else at the table was their first play. Correct. Yeah. It was. It was. And what a wonderful teach you did. So Thank you. given that, we're just going to give you some, just, just generally describe the game and describe what it's like, and then we're going to talk about our first impressions. Yeah. So the the, the basic mechanic centers around these, these um, action tiles. Uh, and I've never seen this before in a game. Very uh, interesting, you know, action selection mechanism. Yeah. Um, so you can either play these tiles to the top of your board. There's basically five main actions in the game. You can play them to the top of your board. There's two actions on each tile, um, except for one. There's a special tile, um, which you which a, is a wild. A crucial you, tile. Yeah, it's, it's pretty critical. It does only one thing, but it can do anything. Yeah. Um, and at a discount. And, and a game that can be very uh, economically tight. Yes. <laughs> um, and so you, you can either play them to the top of your board um, or you can play them on the board um, and as a rail. And then, um, you know, rails on, on the board come in um, uh, either one, two or, or three uh, links. And so if it's single rail, it completes right away. Um, but if it's more than, you know, if it's a two, you're going to need two to complete it and three and so on. Um, 
so you can do either of those two things, or you can do a uh, a refresh action where you're basically getting income and you're getting all your tiles back, kind of like uh, in Concordia when you get all your cards back. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the basic mechanism. So it's actually like like you said, it's very mechanically, unlike a Lacerda, is very simple. The mechanics of the game. Yeah, but like you said, the decision space, like where to where to build your rails and what action and and trying to to maximize your actions. And I, I've really been given a lot of thought to like, like, can you, and, and how much of a difference does it make if you can play a perfect game in that, like every one of your tiles on the board, you're getting all the actions. Yes, 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 yes. Max, maximizing, you know, maximizing your action economy in yeah. most games is crucial. Mm-hmm. In this, there's so many other things you have to think about, though. Mm-hmm. Um, because interestingly enough, the five actions you can take in the game yeah. are essentially to build buildings, yeah. to build either mines or turbines that are going to make the power plants work better. Yep. Uh, that, that's the second thing that you can do. Uh, third thing you can do is you can grab new action tiles so that you can vary or increase the number of options that you have on your turn. Uh, the fourth one is to grab contracts. Contracts are a great way to get victory points and often upgrades, technologies, etc. All sorts of different things can be gained through meeting the requirements of contracts. And then the fifth one is what's the, the, the powering up of the buildings. oh the powering yes yes yeah. yes it's like the 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 super action the big one yeah powering your things, mm-hmm. which would make one say hey wait a minute. I thought you said there was building rail. Building rail isn't an action? No, it's actually not an action. It is a supplementary thing that happens depending on how you use those action tiles, which is kind of fascinating because usually you're playing a card or you're moving your your piece on the rondel to a space that says do A. Or in a game like this, do A and B if you've met these qualifications in order to do both, right? That's generally what it is. In this case, though, the tiles that you're using for this purpose are the only way to build rail. But when you use them to build rail, you lose them. Yeah. So you're taking, you are, you are building the rail that is super important for building out your network and connecting cities to power and and connecting cities to other cities because you, a large part of scoring is going to be building networks. Um, and if you don't do that, you're going to lose the game. But if you do do that, you are literally waving goodbye to actions. Yeah. Sometimes the best actions. Yeah, you're cannibalizing your 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 action systems. That that again, everybody starts with you know five tiles that are exactly the same, but all the additional ones you get are essentially better. Yeah. Than are they exactly five. the same? They're not exactly the same, right? There there's minor variations there. Uh the the variations are just where the actions are placed and and, and where the colors are, but right. that combination of stuff is is the same for everybody. So let's talk color real quick. Yeah. Uh, there are four different colors, I believe. Mm-hmm. There's uh, orange, purple, white, and green. Mm-hmm. And those correspond to every city location on the map is going to be one of those colors. Yeah. Your tile uh, has two colors on it. Sometimes it's the same color, but it will have a color at the top for the top action and a color at the bottom for the bottom action. If you're playing it onto your own mat, player mat, no big deal. You get to do both actions. Right. 
If you play it on the board, though, and only one of those colors matches up, you only get to take that one action, yeah. right? You, you're, you're looking for synergy there. Um, so it creates this very interesting situation where in order to do well in this game, I must cannibalize the the lifeblood of my game. <laughs> right. And I must do it in such a way that I want to, when I'm, I'm playing that, like the ideal action would be to play a tile onto the board, thereby creating a rail link and taking two actions on that tile, taking both of the actions on that tile. Mm. I get to take action A, I get to take action B, and as a third thing, I get to build a rail. That would be ideal. Oftentimes, in order to do that, you are you are making huge sacrifices. What do you what do you think? No, I was just thinking like yeah that that is ideal, but I think there's there's a an even better situation building a rail. Yeah, is if you if you build um, the the second oh yes, yes rail yes. of two, then you can get four actions. I think that's the best you could do. You get four. Um, yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Because the idea being that if I have a, a, if I build a rail and it takes two rails to connect these two cities, mm-hmm. I only get to take the action that connects me to the first city. Right. Because the other half of it is reaching out to nothing. There's nothing, there's no second rail tile there. Yeah. When I put that second rail tile down, potentially, because what it does is that, that, unused half action that I had there, the unused action from the first tile, if it matches the color that is being connected to it, suddenly that activates and I can take that as well. So in theory, if I place that second tile, then I am getting the action on one side of the new tile, the other side of the new tile, the unused side of the previously placed tile, and the building of the second rail, which yeah. is which is which is huge. Yeah, and you and you could do that in whatever order you want. Yes. Right. So there's there's a huge potential to chain chain actions, which again goes into that decision space of like, you know, taking the action to get the new tiles, and you know, is it the right colors that I want? And like, man, if I use that great tile that I just got, I, I might only be able to use it one time. Yeah, as opposed to using it multiple times throughout the game, and I might really want that action. And then you find yourself in situations where, oh, you got to be thinking about, oh, I really need to do like say like the energize action, right? But oh man, I've cannibalized all my energized tiles. So what am I going to do now? Yeah, right. I got to get some more somehow. Like you, like and and again, the interaction you're talking about, like you, even on our first play, you were like, oh, like you were actually rooting for me because you're mean. Right. <laughs> you were actually rooting for me to not be able to get the towel in. No. Yeah, it was you. You did it. No, look. <laughs> did I take a towel you wanted? Yes, I did. <laughs> like, who told you to sit to my left? Never sit to my left. It's a, it's a bad position it was to a be mistake. in. Yeah. All right. No, it is it's it's fascinating because in a lot of ways the rest of the game is pretty simple when yeah. it comes right down to it. In order to power a a, a location, a, a building that has been built or is already out there, all you have to do is have rail lines that connect that to a power plant and connect them to a source that can provide that power. Yeah. Um, in the case of coal, which you can use at the in in at basically at any point in the game, but is particularly efficient at the early points of the game. 
there are two places where there are all these coal trains. Coal train. Hey. Um, there are these uh, coal trains. And coal starts off at a cost of one per coal train, for one per coal in order to power something up. So if I have a uh, residential development that costs two to power it up, I'm going to need to spend $2 to take two coal trains and use them to power something up. Then I get to flip that tile to its backside. Are you hearing a little bit of brass in there? Yes, you are. Yeah. You flip that tile to the backside, and then the backside is going to give you uh, all sorts of goodies. Uh, there are three types of buildings that you're flipping. You're flipping residential buildings. Uh, you're flipping uh, industrial or manufacturing buildings. Yep. And you're flipping science buildings, right? Mm-hmm. The science buildings are going to unlock tech because guess what? You got a little. You have a little tech tree there, which has, what, 10, 14, something like that? Yeah, three, six, like uh, seven, eight, nine, maybe three, nine or ten. Three, three, and two. So I eight. think it's eight. Yeah, eight. Okay, you have eight different technologies that that are uh, two are level ones, three are level twos, and three are level threes. And you have to build a bigger building in order to unlock that. And on the science side, right? If you're if you're doing the science thing, you flip a science building, and guess what? You get a technology activated. Um, and some of those are very good. I had one that uh, right off the bat, I saw that, and I said, oh. The first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to flip a science building so that I can get this technology operational before I build a single rail, if I can. Because what it's going to do is it's going to give me a star token every time I build a rail. And star tokens, ladies and gentlemen, are a very big part of this game because scoring, scoring in this game is a very interesting thing. There's a lot of in-game scoring, but there's also in-game scoring because all sorts of things. Every time you flip a tile, you're getting stars. You're getting paid off in stars. And stars, you're collecting, and you have to spend them all whenever you have to do a refresh. Which, think Concordia, right. when I am starting to run low on cards and the actions aren't ideal, I might want to do a refresh phase where I pick my the rest of my cards back up into my hand, and kind of it's a reset. In a in that refresh phase in in this game, instead of taking an action, I'm going to take all of the tiles that I have not used for rails, and I'm going to get them back. In addition, I'm going to get income. There are three types of income. There's victory point income. Uh, there is men income, and you need men to build rails. You need men to uh, to build um, mines and turbines and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's money income and money, boy, oh boy, money is tight in this game. You're going to need money for a lot of things in this game. So you're going to get all that sort of stuff. But in addition, you have to trade in your stars. And on the left side of the board, there is a nice little scale that goes from zero all the way up to 40 something. Mm -hmm. And, uh, in this case, think, uh, the power market in barrage a little bit. You're going to trade those in and you're going to put your star as high up on that trail uh, on that uh, trail as you can, because wherever you put that, you're basically triggering an end game scoring opportunity for you. The lowest part of the board is going to give you one times the number of stars you have there. It's going to give you a one one time whatever the bonus is, the end game bonus is there. In our case, that level one was cities in which you have a powered up building. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. So if I put something on the one space or the two space, if I put my star down there, at the end of the game, I know I'm going to get one point for every city I have that has a powered up building of mine in it. Yeah. Right. 
uh, then on the three star to eight star range or somewhere in there, mm-hmm. that's two times the same benefit, but two times the the, the benefit. The next uh, section said it was going to give points for just for instance mines. How many mines do you have, right? Uh, and it's going to give you three points per mine that you have there. Or if you get into the next band higher than that, four points per there. And there are basically four different victory conditions as you climb the scale. And each placement in that scale becomes higher and higher up to the six times. Just putting a single star in that band is going to get you six times that. And guess what? Are you allowed to put multiple stars in in one band? No. No, you are not. You are you are going to be locked out there. So getting these stars and putting them on there is a huge struggle in the game, especially because they do this really fun little in-game scoring moment <laughs> where whenever all of the players have placed their first star, we stop the game for a brief second, we look at all the stars, and we see who has the highest star. Guess what? You get a gold star and you get six points. Uh, the other person who gets the second highest, you get two stars. Everybody else, you're fired. No, you, you, you get nothing. Yeah. You, you get nothing. Yeah. Um, and calculating the scores, like our final scores were like 140, somewhere around there. We had we had, we had mm-hmm. points in the 120 to 140 range, I think, yeah. where, the, where a lot of where the end scoring ended up. Um, six points, three times in the game is only 18 points. It's nothing. It's nothing. I was obsessed over it. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta have that highest I, star. When, when James, who we were playing with, got one star higher than my star, I was so mad. <laughs> I was livid, livid. But, you know, the, that, is, that is fun, right? That, that, and, and that very much is it's a little bit like that energy market in, uh, in, in Barrage. Uh, very, very cool. Um, yeah, there's a lot going on in the game, and yet the game is kind of simple. Like, like yeah. learning the basics of how to play the game is pretty simple. Look, there's three types of buildings. The cost is right there on the left. Just yep. pay that, put that building out there on the board. It'll tell you whether or not you can build that building there and if there's any additional cost. Simple as that, right? Yeah. Build a mine. Hey, look, guess what? The mine, the mine spaces are a different shape. Just you put a mine down there if you can. Um, where you can build is an interesting thing. Mm-hmm. Um, in in brass, you play a card, and the card gives you a destination, mm-hmm. or it has a a, a uh, industry type. Mm-hmm. If it's an industry type, you have to build off of your own network. So right. where you have built canals or where you have built rail lines, you have to build off of that. This game is is kind of in between the two in the sense that. Um, building buildings or building industry, you have to build off of what you've previously placed. But when you put a rail down, you can put that rail down anywhere. And that is basically going to sprout new building locations for you, which is very interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, Because in our four-player game, uh, the amount of times I was blocked from being able to put things where I want to put things, uh, like I thought, oh, this seems very permissive when you right. when you explain the rules. Oh, yeah. no, this won't be a problem at all. It was a huge problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was a huge problem almost all the time f- for me. Now, part of that is we were playing with Chris, and uh, Chris, <laughs> I, Chris and I played many games together, and he's a guy that has made train gamers cry right? because he's played like 1830 with 
die in the wool, died in the wool, like long-term train gamers. And he has put such punitive uh, rail placement. And they're like, but that doesn't do anything for you. No, but it destroys your game. He's like, and they're like, oh. Now, most trained gamers are used to a little bit of skullduggery and, right. and, and, and meanness, but the degree to which he plays that yeah. is astonishing. And and he, he very much came in with a point of view of, oh, I think Scorched Earth might be my first strategy in this game. And sure enough, he was he was just messing with kind of everybody, mostly me, yeah, but kind of everybody. Um, are you guys getting a picture of what we're talking about? It, it's uh, in a lot of ways, it is a very traditional game. Mm-hmm. It is build industry, power that industry, build rail. It's very simple, but there are a couple things that are so wonderfully and yet simply different. Mm-hmm. The 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 two being the star meter, as I'll call it. Yeah, and the other one, the main thing is the action tiles. Mm-hmm. Because the idea that I, uh, my action menu, the things that I can do is limited to the tiles in front of me. And the game basically demands that I give up those tiles and constantly be providing for new ones. Yeah. And that tile market is only five tiles wide. There are only five tiles on offer. The first one is free. Second and third cost one. The, the fourth and fifth cost two. And you can, uh, on an action to take those tiles, you can take a maximum of two, which costs you an extra two. And if you don't think a cost of two is going to murder you, you have not played Nucleum yet because those costs are super punitive. And the act of taking the tiles that you want and need gives you the possibility of extending your turn. But at the same time, robs you of the money that you need to do good things with those actions <laughs> right. on those on those turns and the constant fight to remain viable while expanding your network and expanding your rail is so far like just one play in delicious yeah. absolutely delicious yeah again it's what we we're talking about earlier of like that frustration another way you could say that is tension in the game yeah and this this game has some some really like you said just delicious tensions and and that like you know what you were just talking about that the the, the economy is so tight um that yeah like sometimes you really want that that two cost action tile because it's like the perfect tile yeah, but you just simply can't afford it because you know you have to you have to build industry. You have to you have to urbanize. Yeah, you have to build these buildings, and building the buildings costs money. And the the better building, of course, is is more expensive. Yeah, and you know, like it, and it just if and it feels so good when you power up a building. Oh, it sure like, does. doesn't that feel great? Oh, it's so good. Like just get like figuring out how to do it and because you flip it, over the tile, you flip and it over, the little this, light comes on. There's a little glowing. <laughs> yeah, it's just a glowing bulb <laughs> is all it is, but it looks so beautiful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it it is amazing. It, it does it does feel like Edison, right? Yeah. It do, it does feel like oh my god, look at this, it's amazing. Yeah. Like that scene in the Prestige where they light up the side of the right. Tesla lights up the side of the mountain, yeah, all the, yeah, and you're just into the awe of it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it captures that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it is not a very heads down game. It, no. You are constantly looking over your shoulder at what the other person is is doing. I am. I mean, I was looking at what 
my the next player to go, who was unfortunately elder, uh, what he wanted to do, and I'm I'm so sorry, elder, but you did beat me. You did I beat did me. Beat I came in. One, yeah. I came in. I came in third. Yeah. I came in third. James James walked away with the with, with the win. Yeah. Uh, which we should talk about that. We yes. should talk about Praha. Yeah. Um, Prague. Prague. The, Prague is a city on the southern side of the map, on the bottom of the map, mm-hmm. and Prague has a special ability, which is. Um, it score the buildings that are built there score double. Yeah, when they're energized. When they are energized. Yeah. Um, w- when they're energized doesn't really matter because you don't really score things that aren't energized particularly. Right. Right. So. Yeah. Um. But yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, we should point out that at the bottom building of each of the four of the, uh, each of the three types, right? There's the 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 housing, there's the industry, and there's the science buildings. The bottom one. Uh, you know, the, the top one gives you, you know, two or three victory points. The yeah. next one gives you five. The next one gives you eight. Yeah. The bottom one gives you two times the number of buildings of that kind that are connected via that, via your network. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it is what? not just yours. Right. It is everybody's of that type right. that are connected. Yeah. So if you can build a big enough connection and build one of those buildings you can get a lot of points. And if you build it in Prague, you can get twice that number of points, which is huge. Yeah. One, one building can literally be worth 40, 50 points. And then a game that like, yeah, like you said, I think our scores range somewhere between 150 and like 170. With with three new players and, and elder who I knew had played it seven times when we, when we came into play. So I was just kneecapping him at every opportunity. (laughs) to make sure that it wasn't just a runaway. Um, you know, I, I think 150 is, is, is probably a pretty embarrassing score for people that play this a lot. Uh, the, there is a, a tile that you can flip over and it's, it says you're now at 200 points. Right. Whenever there's one of those tiles and you don't get there, you know, you realize th- there's been, there's been some meat left on the table. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, well, I think the point that we're getting to and, and pointing to Prague is that definitely what I've noticed over, you know, my, my seven or so please is that definitely like we were talking about in, in the other game with Marrakesh with the with the technologies yeah. in this game if you let one player build all their buildings particularly their government buildings in Prague uh, in Prague everybody else is going to lose that person's going to win for right. sure well and and Thankfully, you know, yeah. during the teach, you pointed that out. You said, "Hey, what, whatever you do, make sure to." Oh, wait, no, you didn't. Mm-mm. No, no, I did. Know. I did say the rule that you kept, that, you kept that, 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 your, your, that your buildings are worth double there, but yeah. I, didn't, I didn't give you that tip. You just kept that in your pocket. Yeah, did you? Did you? Yeah. Who was the yeah. first person to build in Prague? Uh, oh, wait, it was you. No, it wasn't me. It wasn't. It was. James. It wasn't me. I think. It, yeah, I think it might have been James, but he just kind of stumbled upon it. He didn't know the game, but yeah, he yeah, was yeah. just like, yeah, yeah, like getting in there. And then I, at one point, remember, I said you and you built in there second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I remember saying, uh, well, you know, with with my you know uh, experience knowledge of the, yeah experience of the game, I'm like, I don't want to be left out of Prague. I I'm, I can't be. So let me get a rail down there so I can get you know, at least my one government building in there. And it, and it wound up like, again, it got me in second place. Yeah. And the game, and the game is designed to allow you to be able to get into Prague. There mm-hmm. are, there are like four different rail lines that go in there. Mm-hmm. And each one of those rail lines has got, you know, like two or three or four, two or three strands to get there. links. Yeah. So as long as you're connected to it via one of those links, you're fine. Right. Uh, so the game doesn't, 
it 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 goes to great lengths to not make it a bottleneck to be able to get in there. Right. Um. Yeah. So so first so final view of the first impressions of the game or the seventh say eighth impression of the game for you. Yeah. I again I am. Um, it's it's my I'm I'm surprised because I don't I'm not I I like Barrage a lot, but it's not something I'm clamoring to play. I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Again, Barrage is one of those games where my experience is that um it can just be super punishing. Actually, last time I played yeah. it was um, up at Matt's office. Yeah, and it was with the expansion. Yeah, and that was like it was fun. But it was a it was a brutal game to play. It was just like, oh my god, I got no chance in this game. And who else was playing it? You, Matt? Who? It was me, Matt, Paul. Paul ran away with it. Oh yeah, and no, you can't, you can't. The, some games like that, you just can't play with Paul. Yeah. Okay, because you know he has no conscience. Yeah, he just doesn't it, like like he doesn't experience human emotion. <laughs> Yeah. And if you don't experience human emotion, then there, there's no limit to what you can do. Yeah. Well, again, it's like, you know, barrage can be like that where it's like you're really you can, you know, still somebody's water flow or whatever. And yeah. it's like really hurt them. And it, it wasn't that it was like there was this new mechanic to this expansion of the game where, uh, you know, the top of the board, which usually doesn't come into play until like much later in the game there was like a new mechanic where it was very important at the beginning of the game. Right. And, you know, in barrage, you and also Paul saw that and exploited he, yeah, it. Yeah. But, but also in particular, like you, you, you know, you get those like variable powers at the beginning. Yeah. So he, he, he I think because of turn order, uh, selection, mm. he was able to pick one uh, okay. of these powers. And actually I had the choice of the power too, but he saw something about the power that I didn't that exploited that. Right. And it, it was like to the point where it was just like ridiculous. And I, and I remember Matt, Matt was like, was crying in his, in his, because <laughs> he was like, and I, I learned something about that game, which was like, uh, I can't like he, cause he played so many times online. Yeah. That it was like, it's not even about building your, your, your whatever the, you know, that pathway to the water and to your generator or whatever. It's about doing this other thing. Right. And so he was playing traditional barrage, trying to do that thing with this new mechanic at it. Oh, oh, you are talking about the new map. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah, new yeah, map. yeah. So not the, not the expansion itself, but the new right, map. Yes. The, new map, the yeah. new map is kind of amazing in that yeah. game. It changes the dominant strategy radically. Right. right. Exactly. Exactly. And that's yeah. what, that's what Matt, Matt was like, I'm trying to, and like, you know, he wound up being able to stay in the game because he was playing traditional barrage, which I was like, man, I really don't understand this game because, <laughs> right. you know, like, the, like I didn't even know that that was like the dominant, like that's actually how you play. Right. right. I was playing some old version of, what I thought it was, and it was just like, and so was oh and God. so was Matt. Yeah, he was yeah. he was caught he was caught feeding his horse the best the the, the best oats while right. the other guys gassing up the Model T. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I don't even know why I got off on that whole tangent um, because you were saying that to, that that it is it is barrage like in some ways, right? It is barrage like in some ways, but again, in the in the ways that that barrage can be 
like again, so punishing where you just like know from early on you're just you've lost and you just got to kind of suffer through it. Yeah. Um, this game is not that punishing. You know what I mean? Like I think I think again with experienced plays, it'll definitely become more competitive. But again, I think there's more flexibility in the system and there's more opportunities for recovery. Yeah. And this, which I like, um, but still gives you like some of those like best aspects of barrage. And I, again, I remember, remember playing, playing brass like way back and like kind of liking it. But again, it's not, it's not like my type of game. Like I don't really gravitate towards rail games. I'm not an 18 XX guy. You know, I kind of appreciate it as a mechanic. Right. And so like, again, I mean, when, brass when isn't really a rail game, but I, right. I, I get your point. You though. get what yeah. I'm saying. It's yeah, like yeah. this, it's the economic type of game. That's not like my kind of flavor of game. I'm more like the resource management, you know, guy, of course. Sure. Um, and so when you, when you say it's like these two games, which I agree, there's aspects of those two games that I appreciate as like great designs and yeah. like in brilliant games, they're not my kind of game, but this game, the way like you know, you mentioned the thing that with the towel lady, the, the 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 kind of like advances or innovations or kind of new things they're bringing into the mix, yep. and bringing the best thing from those other two games. That kind of like combination of things are like this recipe that I'm like super digging. Like I can't, I can't like I like I I I say like this is my seventh or eighth play. Yeah, the only reason why it's not twenty plays, yeah, is because the. 10 or 15 or 20 times that I put the, the, you know, looking for games message on the TTS server, right. nobody bit. Right. Because nobody else is really playing the game. Well, like they don't know what online. it is yet. And, yeah. And they now, don't know. It's now pretty, they're going to know. Right. right yeah. Exactly. Cause now it's out now. And again, it's going to be way easier to get those plays. Cause again, I know like, yeah, knowing this group, there's going to be a lot of play of this game. Oh yeah. I, I think we have one, two, three, I think four, I think between us, four copies of the game mm-hmm. are, have either arrived or are arriving in the next two days. Right. So it's going to be, yeah, right. I, I think that's what two of the, the other two players were like, well, yeah, I mean, I really like it, but are we ever going to see it again? I'm saying, Oh, we're going to be playing this game for a couple months. Yeah. The, no question about it. And then it will be in the rotation. Right. Yeah. I think, I think, so. I think so. Yeah. I think again, we, you, we've predicted that before. Like again, you guys, were, sometimes you were saying that with horseless carriage, Oh, we're going to be playing this game a lot. And it's like, eh, it didn't happen. Yeah, we'll see with this one. But I, I, I feel like, like again, knowing this group for you know the last several years and, and and what this group likes and and you know like the 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 design of this game and it just it you know that it uh, that it scratches. There's going to be a lot of, of of games this play, and I know I'm going to want to play it a lot yeah. more. I think. I, I mean, I, I feel like I got at least another. 10, 20 plays in me of us. Yeah. I mean, we're just scratching the surface here, which yeah. is what we should be doing for, for a first look. There's mm-hmm. going to be so much more analysis and things to talk about in, in terms of this game yeah. uh, when we do a full review of it. But yeah, my initial impressions are, are very positive. Yeah. I, I, um, you know, I, I think the bones of it are a relatively simple, relatively easy to, to grok game, though there are a lot of things going on. There's a, you know, Every player starts off with a project, project A, B, C, or D. And that essentially is the game's way of giving you a little bit of variable player ability, yeah. right? It, it, it gives you a tech tree that is different than everybody else's. It gives you, it, it, it kind of juices you in one particular aspect of the game and gives you a little bit of a bonus toward that. Mm-hmm. Uh, James's was, was building rail essentially was, right. uh, that, that was his game. Mine was a little more tech heavy and, and gave me an advantage toward that and so on and so forth. Yeah. Um, it, 
it is very interesting design in that um, the decision space is so wide that I don't know what the best action is. I know what I, I have. If I have five tiles in front of me, I can probably rule two out. And the other three, it's, well, here's the plus and minus of that. Here's the plus and minus of that. Here's the plus and minus of that. And that's not even factoring in, well, what does Elder want to do when it's his turn? Or what is the thing that is going to be done that is going to kill me before I get my next turn? And oftentimes, that's going to be building the rail in the one place I don't want you to build rail. Mm-hmm. Um the, the the real innovation here are those action selection tiles. The action, it is a different, it is literally a different action selection mechanism than I've ever seen. There's probably some correlation. There's probably some mm. something, some game out there that does something very much like this. But the idea that you start off with five tiles yeah. and they can do a total of nine things, but you are going to be getting rid of those tiles and having to replace those. The the five, choosing between the five tiles that are left, spending what little money you have to grab them because they are your lifeblood. That you were desperate to get them, and last game I don't know, but it seems like every time I needed to buy a tile, the tiles I wanted are not there. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, there's that aspect of it where there's like this deck of tiles that's going to come out. Yeah, five of them. Are, are not even a four player game are not ever going to be seen because they're in the box yep during setup right yep. so that's gonna that's gonna change the, the game uh, so there's just some fantastic design variability in it and and what this game does is something that I think is relatively new in the in the de- design space which is this uh, which we've talked about a little bit before a, a few games have done it but it's this like cannibal cannabis cannibalization of your uh of your actions or or what you can do in the game so there's that um there was a space game that does it where you you start off with the the spaceships uh as cards and then you're destroying them to get resources and then you never see them again yes i can't remember remember the name of it right now um but that game does it i think there's a new game coming out this year that does it and I think there's like a few more, but it's a it's a relatively kind of new thing I feel like in in board game design where it's like you're you're building up this system. Oh, um, uh, evolution, uh, no, not evolution. Uh, what is it? evacuation? Evacuation, yeah, yeah, evacuation, which I haven't played. I'm hoping to play this weekend because there's copies available now. Uh, I might actually yeah. get to play it today. Yeah, Matt and I have uh, have ordered from uh, Filbert, so there it's being shipped from Germany. Yep. Yep. So um, I understand that that in the, uh, the videos that I've watched about that game is you have this thriving, thriving economy on one planet. You completely demolish dismantle it, it, dismantle it, yeah. which which limits your actions and then build it back up again on this other planet. So it's like another kind of like, you know, spin on the same kind of idea of like having something destroying it mm-hmm. and then and then using that to build it back up again. Or like you're 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 you're, you're getting something you're 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 using it to get something in the game you're losing it and then you have to replenish it again yeah yeah I, i'm fascinated by it yeah. I, I i'm i'm dying to play more i'm like i'm I'm already think i've been thinking this morning i woke up this morning and you know going out i'm drinking my glass of water in the morning starting to get my day ready and the first thought that that i recognized came to my head was like what if I just wail on that action to get more tiles like right off of the bat mm-hmm. and what if i end up with like eight or 10 tiles 
in the first round of, of the game, what would that do to my sister's base? Would I be able to go longer or because I don't have uh, uh, the economy to have the the money and the, and the men, would that get in the way? And I, I was just thinking about that mechanism and the implications of that mechanism. And it is very unexplored space because we haven't done it yet. We haven't, right. we haven't, we haven't really uh, played with, with this. And it's fascinating. Yeah. And there, there's that idea of, you know, like you have these six stars and there's six places on that achievement track. Yeah. And can you play a perfect game where you get a star in every thing? Is that even like worth, I mean, it seems yeah. worthwhile because you're going to get, if you're able to do that, you're going to get a crap load of points. Yeah. But to do that, you just have to, you, you have to time it right. Like you have to build the right buildings and be able to energize them because the only time you can place that star is when you recharge. Yeah. Yeah, it, it seems really hard to get. Like, I don't know how you got that star in that top in, in that top quadrant, because I was looking at it and I'm like, oh my god, the energy cost to get the to flip enough buildings to get up there, you know, to to energize those buildings, it seems it seems impossible to me. And yet, I was at the I was one tier below that, and yeah. I felt that was hard. Yeah, well, you have to have at least one big building. Yeah, and those government buildings don't all give you the same amount of achievement stars. They're a little bit different depending on the one. Right, and then there's the one technology that gives you the eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then also if there's it, um, also if there's action tiles that are going to give you extra ones, and then there's also the the slot. Yeah, that can give you, and if you can double up on that slot, so there's like all these ways that you can get, and like being able to plan that out. While you're sitting there, but you like, kind of have to. You kind of have to if you want to if you want to win, or, or at right? least you, or at least you kind of have to know. Okay, these are the six things that I must do mm-hmm. if I want to get this, and to know that, and to look at the tiles that I have right now, mm-hmm. and the board <laughs> state the way it is right now, it's 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 but, maddening. But that's the thing is like you you don't know what tiles are going to come out. Yep. And you definitely don't know out of the tiles that are out there if those tiles are going to be there by the time it gets to your turn. Yeah. Because somebody else could take them. So true. So, yeah, it's like it's just a fantastic space. It's like super fun. Yeah. So uh, I don't want to end this on a negative note, but Mm -hmm. I do want to bring up like just a couple of things that right now are rubbing me the wrong way about it. And none of them are big deals. As you can tell, obviously, as far as a first look goes, this is kind of a rave here. Yeah. Um. One thing is that I do feel like there are a lot of spaces on the board where anybody can throw down one tile and yep. complete a link, and that locks links out, and that locks whole areas of the map can be kind of siphoned off and 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 locked down very early on. And you can be in a situation where through really no fault of your own, you just don't have the tile you need at that particular moment to do that thing. Yeah. Uh, you can really get locked out. And I wonder with, you know, I mean, we're going to have to play this game with people like Paul. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I can't wait to play with Paul. Is this going to be, is that going to be too punitive in terms of the, the design or not? Well, here, Here's the thing about that. Tom. Yeah. You're, you have a point. I see your point. Yeah. And you're also like, I, I don't know if you're, if you're taking into account that, it you know you can put any rail line down you know what i mean like yeah, yeah. there's definitely the, the one links and somebody could get there but i think you know you're you're trying to optimize right like you sure. want to you you want you have to like say like oh am i going to sacrifice one or two actions because i really need to establish that link yeah 
or you know what I mean. Well, but if you don't have men, you, if you don't have men, you can't put one down. Is kind of what? Yeah, I'm exa- a yeah, bit. that's yeah. The, that that too, right? And then there's those there's those other little uh, auxiliary actions where you could get it, but it's you know you, you got the the other thing I wanted to, to just say about last night's play is that um, uh, definitely there's going to be I think opportunity for for new maps for this game, right? Like that yeah. that just seems built in. But there was definitely a thing that happened where you guys started off very contentiously on the east side of the map and you and, and you were left free I, on the right side I, yeah. yeah i went west and it, it it definitely took me a lot more work to establish and but again there's pros and cons right like you said like like one of the things we talked about after the game was i bet you there's a lot more opportunity to collaborate on building rails and kind of working together to build up yeah versus Versus attacking each other. I think optimal play is yeah. wherever there is a double rail link. Mm-hmm. I think optimal play is not one person building both links, but rather two people building one link, expanding both of their networks by doing that. Yep. I think that that's, that's probably where the scores start to get really high. And the game tells you that. The yeah. game, game tells you that by awarding the points, because if you do it both yourself, you're only getting two points. Whereas if two people do it together, you both, you get, both two get two points. points. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's true, exactly right. Uh, and then my second uh, thing, which is actually kind of a, a topic, I, I, I just want to briefly touch on with you because we're actually we're actually doing well on time right mm-hmm. now, um, is the scoring uh, thing. Yeah. So for some reason, it it appears, and I haven't read the rules, so I'm not sure, but yeah. the way we're playing it right now is when you place a uh, a, mm. a tile down, a building down, yeah, and you flip it, right? You energize it. Yes. Uh, it shows you how many victory points that that is worth. Right. But you do not score those victory points now. Right. You hold it until the end of the game. Mm-hmm. And that just bugs me. It just yeah. bugs me. It's like, if I see the points there, if everyone can see the points there, why are we not scoring that now? Now, right. now there are the government buildings. The, the bottom building is the one that gives you the points based on how many other things. Obviously, that's an endgame scoring right. thing. Right. But why on earth are you flipping a tile? You're seeing the points there, and you're, you're not getting everything and, and you're else. Not, yeah, and you're not but, you're not scoring that now. Yeah. It's just a weird little thing, yeah. which which gets into the whole different ways we score things, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Um, which I think we can talk about for 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 a brief right. minute. We can end the first look now yeah. and say we're just going to talk for a couple minutes about scoring systems yeah. and how we score things in these games. And I, th- I guess we just already brought up the first one. Right. Is it end game scoring? or is it in-game scoring right right exactly yep is it is it a um a private um mm-hmm. objective so there's there's something there's certain games like mad king lugwig where you have cards that you flip over and reveal at the end and say oh i was going for this certain scoring thing right the utility cards yeah. yeah yeah so there's there's those there's like secret objectives there's uh public objectives Yep. Right. Which everyone can go for, which is something we didn't talk about in this game. The purple contracts, yep. which is another uh, uh, barrage kind of uh, carryover. Sure. Right. These these special contracts where they're first come, first serve. Like the other contracts, you have to take an action to take them. And then they're only your contract. They become private yeah. as soon as you do that. And then you achieve them and you get whatever you get versus the three purple contracts where uh, it's first come, first serve. Whoever achieves them first. Uh, they do it and then nobody else can do it. Correct. Right. So there's certain games like that where that's the case. And then there's other games where there's, there's public objectives where um, anybody, even, even if I can do it, everybody can do it for the same points or uh, it's um, 
uh, it's a race in that like for a second, if I do it first, yeah. then I'm going to get more points, and then if you do it second, it's a little less, and then like that, right? So that's like another you know um, scoring thing that's out there in yeah. games now. And I guess for me, it's it's like in terms of my orders of preference, mm-hmm. um, secret objectives and secret scoring. Yeah, I like secret scoring if it is if built into it is kind of the sense that part of the game is watching what other people are doing to try and guess what their secret objective is. Yeah, right. Twa. Yeah. In twa. When I flip over the secret objective at the end of the game, everybody scores this card, mm-hmm. right? Right. My advantage is that I'm the only one who knows that I have this card. Mm-hmm. But if people are paying attention to what I'm doing right. and they notice what I'm focusing on, they could be like, oh, I think that person has that card. Therefore, I better focus on that a little bit too. Right. Because it matters to the other players. Correct. Right. And what it does is it creates this great uh, non-heads-down state where not only do I have to watch my other players and see what they're doing, but I have to investigate what they're doing, right? Right, Which is different than just seeing what they've done, yeah. but is literally trying to figure out, huh, why that? What is the one thing they're hiding, and can I divine that? I think is great. I, I really like that. When it's a secret objective where no one has a snowball's chance in, in heck of figuring out what that is, um, those to me are very non-player versus player they're very they're, they're very solo gamey and i'm not as enamored of that yeah it's, it's almost it's almost when it's like that it's like you know like yeah why should anybody care? like why does it matter that it's secret yeah you know what i mean it's just like it doesn't really matter to the other players when you flip over that card it's like okay yeah you were going for that i saw that or i didn't see that it doesn't matter yeah right Arc, Arc Nova, when you have a card in your hand that is one of those conservation projects, right, right, mm-hmm. you still have to put it out there, right, right. You have to make so it public. You are able to be aware of it. You're able to plan for it, and you're able to get that first score on it, right. But you are creating something out there that other people that, that can can then capitalize on, which is which is not a bad way of doing that either. I don't I don't mind that so much. Yeah. Um, as far as in game scoring versus end game scoring. You know, I, I think I think the modern variety of that is generally the right variety, which is you should have some of both. Yeah. Right. And if you have too much of one and not enough of the other, your your the design probably is is suffering because of that. Yeah. Right. Um, I think this game does a good job of that in the sense that, except for the fact that buildings that just score this building scores five points. You should get those five points. Now I should be able to look at the score tracker and know that information and be able to see visually how far ahead people are based on that information. Yeah. Right. And the, the, the building that you only score that at the end because it's based on how many other things you're connected to. That should be, that's a perfect end game scoring mechanism because I could be watching the map as it evolves and getting a sense for how, how many points are you about to get at the end of this game? And what can I do to either minimize that or raise my score to to equal that? When you have all of the buildings are yet to be scored at the end of the game, it just becomes a math headache. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Am I going to sit there and count all of the buildings that you've energized as well as mine and try to compare that and see like, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't see, I, I, I don't see any reason right. not to house rule that and just, yeah. say, just score, just score the buildings when right. you energize them. We're not all Jordan, okay? We yeah. don't all just count up everybody's points every moment of every day and and just, you know, yeah. 
get off on that. Like we have, we have other things, you know, we have, we have re- rich interpersonal lives. <laughs> right. What Wayfarers. Yes. Right. Wayfarers is a game where everything is scored at the end. Everything. Everything. Every single point in the game, you know, there's no inside of the game points at all. And I think it works there. Uh, I, I don't, I don't have a problem with it at all. Um, I, I do with my amount of experience in the game. I don't do this every game, but definitely when I feel like it's, it's close, yeah, I will do a quick tally of somebody else's tableau right. and see, you know, what the difference is. Yeah, the danger easy the math. danger of that is that it, it does create that situation where you know players that are not quite as experienced in the game yeah. are going to have a much more difficult time telling a, getting a general sense of where they're at. Yeah. Which is the good thing about mixing the in-game and end-game scoring. You kind of get a sense of where things are where things are. Right. Um yeah, so I I get that, you know. Uh, I don't mind games like um, El Grande, you know, going back to an old design where mm-hmm. there are three big scorings that are going to happen over the course of the game, yep. right? There's a round three, round six, and, and the last round of the and the last round of the game. I don't mind that because that's kind of three end game scorings that you are w- spending three rounds to work up to, mm-hmm. um, but at the same time is giving you a a leader to bash right a, yep. a, a an enemy to name and and that sort of things so i think just in terms of creating more of that sense of my game is not just what's right in front of me but is looking at what everybody else is doing i like that very much mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I i dig that in a game yeah yeah so with this game it's, it's a minor thing if we're even if we're even reading the, the rules right i i'm it's, i, it's, I trust that i trust that you're yeah. you're correct about it's this. absolutely a step um you know, clearly when you go through the end game scoring, it tells you to count all of your uh, uh, buildings on the board. Yeah. And, and and I just thought of like, it's thin, but I can think of a reason why they did it in the rules is, is maybe they did it simply because of the government buildings, just to make it uh, uh, cleaner, mm. right? Like instead of saying, you know... Um, uh, you know, they so, would have so, to explain so during it. The, yeah. yeah, they have to explain yeah. during the game um, all your your whatever they call them um, urban buildings. Score them during the game, right? But these government buildings, you wait until the end for those, right? You know what I mean? Yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah, that yeah, might yeah. be the reason. Um, so, so we'll see. I, I, you know, it's funny. I was, I was just skimming the the rule book, uh, you know, at breakfast this morning a little bit, just making sure I wasn't missing anything, and that, that the kind of like question we had about contracts. Um, and I noticed there's a QR code on front of the book yep. that says this is our pledge to be um, have our rule set for this game be a living document. Great. And that we are committed to as we continue to give feedback, as people play, even though we've done lots of play testing and we've gone through it and we've edited the shit out of this uh, a rule book. If anything comes up where we got to change it, we will issue a new PDF and all the all, everybody who has bought this will have access to that PDF online, which I think is great. I think that's, yeah, I think that is, should be the standard Mm -hmm. really. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think, I think to some degree it's becoming that standard for sure. There's no question about it, but I like, I like that the fact that they're out, out there saying it. Yep. Oh, Elder, it's been too long, my friend. I know, man. Yeah, I mean, not too long in the sense that you're you're a regular yeah, fixture at yeah, game night. We're, we're around, but yeah. Let me tell you a little something about Elder, right? <laughs> Elder 
is in the later half of the arrivals uh, on any given week, okay? But he always brings either muffins or noodles, okay? <laughs> or I switched to rice now. Yeah, you're doing you're doing I'm some doing rice, rice dishes now. Yeah, yeah. You're doing I'm some doing rice. rice and scones. So we'll do we'll do we'll do rice or scones, but he, it's always one of the two. And because he's like five minutes late, not he's not late late. He's just five minutes late. Whatever you know, whatever he gets coming. He, he lives a rich life. Um, <laughs> We have the conversation about who are we missing? And we're like, we're missing elders. What, what do you think it's going to be today? And we just basically <laughs> place our bets as to what he's going to going to bring in. I'm saying, I, I'm thinking chow mein today. <laughs> and somebody's else, like, I think it's going to be banana mu- nut muffins. <laughs> and then you come in and you have that. Um, this has been the bass boys. We are the we are the yes. uh, the lowest voices in uh, in the in the board gaming podcasting hobby. We hope you have enjoyed. In this episode of the Bass Boys. Uh, folks, we have a YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash e forward slash Game Brain Pod. We have a Facebook group and a Discord channel with uh, a lot of activity in the in the Discord ch- uh, channel. You should get in there and check that out. And you've been listening to Game Brain, produced and edited by Matthew Robinson, Tom Donnelly, Trey Alsop, and Ben Mandelker. Special thanks to Daedalus for our incredible music. More on Daedalus at GameBrainPod.com. And thanks to Edomar Peleg for our incredible graphics. You can also find information about him on our website. Reach us by email, contact at GameBrainPod.com, or on Twitter at GameBrain underscore pod. Go play some games with friends, or make Make some some friends friends with with games. games.